uh, one year ago, we were at uh, uh, we were at fifty thousand in ARR last year. So just give you to give you a sense of how big the ramp has been this year. It's been a, a pretty incredible year. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Tristan Luis. He's a serial entrepreneur who's built and taken five technology companies from idea to exit. He also served as the Global Chief Innovation Officer for HSBC and Global Head of Mobile and Internet for Deutsche Bank. His writing has appeared in the New York Times, Forbes, and many other publications. He currently serves as President and CEO of Casebook PBC, a government technology software company. Tristan, you ready to take us to the top? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, uh, pleasure meeting you. Yeah, pleasure meeting you. So I have to ask you real quick about that year, eight time at HSBC. What years were you there? When did you leave? Uh, so I was at HSBC from 2001 to 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting time in the sense that when I joined the company, it did not even own the name HSBC.com on the internet. I actually had to go and purchase that from the um, Holland Schoolboy Choir uh, oh, wow. and um, built up basically all of their internet infrastructure over, over that uh, seven year period. At one Did point, you do any SaaS debt at that time or was it too early? It was way too early at that yeah. point, really just getting people um, organized around the concept of APIs and, uh, you know, hosting things outside of big data centers was a little early. Now at Deutsche yep. Bank, I managed to do some of that. So Very cool. Okay. Tell us about Casebook. What's the company doing? How are you guys making money? Look, it's um, uh, interesting problem space that we started identifying is the uh, human services space. So human services, what people generally think of as uh, social services, so uh, child welfare, juvenile justice, um, um, domestic violence, which is like sexual abuse uh, or domestic abuse, um, anti-recidivism, which is generally people getting out of jail, those types of programs. And what we've identified is that it's a huge, huge space. Um, $24 billion is spent on software in that space by the U.S. government in um, state and uh, counties level. And yet there isn't a platform for this particular space. As, uh, as we've grown, we've also identified that there, were, um, there was an adjacent portion of what we're doing. So we've shifted a little bit from just being a purely government-focused organization to also servicing the nonprofit sector because there's about 40,000 human services organization that employs 3.2 million people in the country and delivers services to one in five Americans. So Tristan, um, who are you selling to, government so or nonprofit? We're, we're selling to both nonprofits and government agencies in that space. Because what we've identified is that the size of the problems that they have are, is very similar. The type of problems are very similar. And the type of data that they need to handle is very similar. And the enemy that they've got, or the, the comp- competition that we're dealing with is very similar. It's pen and paper. So what are they paying What are they paying on average per month to use the technology? Um, so on average per month, it depends on the size of the team. What we've done is that we've created a product that has, just like every other size company, three different product here, at, uh, $29, $49, and uh, $69 
uh, and depending on the features that they're using. The $29 is organized really as a way to- well, Hold on, Tristan, small. sorry. Before we, before we go deep on all the, what's the average first? The average is about 49, maybe 50, call it 50. Okay, 50 per seat or per company, per nonprofit per seat, or per government? Per seat. And generally, we're looking at uh, our average customer uh, has about 15 to 20 seats. So, 15 uh, to 20. Still, okay. yeah, still relatively small numbers. It's uh, the law of uh, aggregating a lot of small numbers, which is why we need to find a market that had a lot of actors in it. Mm -hmm. So 50 per month on average, 20 seats on average. Like each nonprofit or government is paying about a thousand bucks a month. About a thousand bucks a month, but uh, most of our contracts tend to be twenty-four month contracts. So they're they're actually, you know, it's nice from a retention standpoint and from a churn standpoint because we don't have to worry quite as much about uh, controlling churn on a month by month basis. Is your net revenue retention above one hundred percent? Way, way. I mean, I think uh, net revenue retention is, yeah. I mean, year on year, our gross is. Uh, probably 50x, 60x. But remember, again, law of small numbers where we've been in the market only a couple of years. Uh, this is our second year in the market. Uh, and our revenue retention is, yeah, uh, well over 100%. We actually, uh, I don't like to talk about churn that much because uh, our churn numbers are ridiculously low in that we've had one customer churn out. And that was because the organization we were dealing with actually ran out of money and so couldn't pay us anymore. Yeah, but churn doesn't make sense for you. You were founded in 2019, so two years yeah. ago, but your contract minimums are two years. So yeah. there hasn't ha there hasn't been a chance for people to churn yet. There hasn't yet. been a chance for people to churn yet. Yeah. yeah, is the opposite true? There hasn't been a chance for people to upgrade yet? How do you get people so a chance that, to upgrade actually, when, no, you're that's that, when you're on a two-year contract? That's actually kind of the interesting thing is that the opposite has not turned out to be true. Initially, our initial assumption was that the, your average customer was going to be there. And then we would, when contractor negotiation came up, we would uh, start increasing the number of seats. But what we've seen is that actually a number of our customers are now asking us, how do we go about increasing seats on top of the contract that we already have? And how um, many customers are you working with today? Uh, you know, low hundreds is uh, really where we're seeing them in terms of our logos. Got it. So call it like 200, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And did you guys bootstrap this or you decided to raise? So it, it's one of those crazy things where we neither decided to raise nor bootstrapped it. Uh, the, it has to go to the foundational story of the company where we um, found a foundation, the Anikasi Foundation, which is one of the biggest child welfare foundations. And they needed to get a sense of how many children were in the child welfare system. Um, along the way, they ended up developing some technology that uh, kept them um, managing systems for uh, one state. And so they were like, well, can you take this contract from us? We turned that contract into a profitable contract, and we've been basically bootstrapping off that profitable contract to help us build out a... Uh, so you have not raised thing. external capital today? We have not really raised any external okay. capital to speak of. We're actually about to go into market right now to raise just a small round. What's we're a small round? How much? Six six to $8 million. Okay. Uh, and what valuation do you think you'll be able to raise on? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to keep it uh, tight right now. So I figured, you know, based on where the market is sitting... And on numbers that we're doing and figuring something in the 16 to 20 million dollar range. Yeah. Uh, the reason is that, mm, that excuse me. Pre-money or post? Uh that's gonna be uh in the post post money. Got it. So you raise it like a 14 pre, raise six million for a 20 yeah, post. Exactly. Interesting. Um, and okay, about cool. the reason is that you know, my view is that we have a fairly long ramp. 
I don't want to signal a very high valuation at this early stage in the game because I'm looking at eventually raising other rounds further down the road. Well, 200 customers at $1,000 ARPA, we just talked about 50 bucks a month, 20 seats on average. That puts you at like $200,000 a month in revenue. Is that about right? That's about right. Yeah. And where, where were you one year ago? Uh, one year ago, we were at uh, uh, we were at fifty thousand in ARR last year. So, just give you to give you a sense of how big the ramp has been this year. It's been a, a pretty incredible year. Oh, so I don't know what fifty thousand in ARR means because I don't know what month you're multiplying what. But like in December of last year, what was your MRR? So our MRR in December of last year was sitting around eleven thousand dollars. Okay, got it. So yeah, you've, you've yeah. way more than 10x, which is great. Where's the growth coming from? Well, why why so fast? So uh, a number of things. Um, one is we've uh, identified the right uh, product market fit this year. We've uh, identified the right markets um, to target. We've also uh, noticed that there really wasn't that much competition for what we were doing. The, the interesting thing is that the market's mostly dominated by system integrators. There hasn't been a software package that's really doing what we're doing. We've also priced it right, and maybe even priced it low, um, but that was by design. I wanted to make sure that from an operational standpoint, we could operate at the lowest possible price point in the market so that um, it would be very difficult for any competitor to come in and come in and underprice us. There's always room to you know, grow our pools uh, from uh, a low point, but there's very few opportunities to lower our pools when uh, when you're in a particular market. So it was really key to what we were building to make sure that we could operate at a profit on a very low ARP level. Are you profitable um, today? We are not profitable because we're still investing in R&D, but our burn rate is in the very, very low six figures. I mean, I'd say when I'm saying very low six figures is that on a high, on a high spend month, I'll probably be breaking $100,000, $120,000, but usually we tend to sit below that. that that's, that's net burn or gross? That's net burn. Got it. So after that means if you add back $200,000 of revenue to $120,000 in net burn, your total expenses monthly are $320,000? No, uh, because remember that I mentioned that we're working off the back of a large uh, system integration contract that uh, we've been using to fund this. So really, our, our, burn, uh, our total burn, if you were to take out that contract, is sitting closer to six, $700,000. Monthly? Monthly. How big was that contract and what year was that closed in? That contract was a uh, $7 million contract and that was uh, closed in 2010, 2011. We still had... Uh, another year plus on it. And so we're basically using it as our outside investor from our standpoint, right? Is that we've been working on building a SaaS business and growing a SaaS business on the back of a, uh, a very, very lucrative contract. This, so the story is getting a little loose here. So I need to ask okay. questions to tighten it up, right? Yep. So that was launched in 2010. You guys were launched in 2019. So you basically picked up that contract four yep. or five years in. Okay. And how much of the 7 million contract is now being up? Are you applying to the $200,000 a month revenue dollar figure you just told me about? Oh, so, so, so that's zero. I mean, uh, got it. So you're doing $200,000 a month in revenue. That has nothing to do with the $7 million contract. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And you're spending $650,000 a month yeah, on all your expenses right now. Yeah, when you because add we're basically 200... using that contract to yeah. fund the difference. 
Got so it. it. Where that's a that's a lot of money to be spending for a company that's at a two point four million dollar run rate. Where is that money being spent? That money is being spent on a substantial amount of R and D because uh, we what we've identified is that we've identified a twelve to twenty four billion dollar opportunity that's largely greenfield. And how so many engineers to, though? I mean, can you quantify the R and D spend? <sighs> Uh, so we've got 36 people in the organization. I've got six in sales. Everything else is in product management and um, engineering. So I'd say, uh, call it 20 plus. I mean, I, I could give you the exact number, but uh, 20 yeah. plus engineer and product managers. And then the rest is um, customer success and uh, sales. We're actually at a rel- relatively young stage in terms of building our sales infrastructure. Um, our sales team is relatively new, and uh, we keep hiring on that. It's just it's still high burn with with right with thirty six people and six hundred fifty thousand dollars a month and, and burn. You're burning like almost twenty thousand dollars in in burn per employee. I mean that's a lot for a startup. That, that is a fair amount for a startup. Yeah. What what happens when the contract stops? I mean you really have to go raise this equity round. Otherwise you're gonna have to cut your burn a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's exactly why we're looking at um, at raising some money right now because. It's going to take us another couple of years to get to the point where we're filling that gap. Yeah. Are you 100% owner of the business today? Yeah. Got it. You own Okay. Good. So, so how did you? I mean, imagine a lot of people were fighting to take over the seven million dollar contract. How did you get it? Uh, it's a weird, weird uh, type of story. Uh, 2016, the election has happened. I'm on the losing side of it. I'm trying to figure out. Shit, how do I get involved with technology that actually can have a positive impact on the world instead of uh, the previous startups that I've built? Uh, and I get connected to this foundation and they're like, we don't know what to do with this. Uh, they've got a largely unprofitable contract at the time because it's not being uh, managed like a software uh, management contract. And so I started looking at that. I started looking at the space and um, was surprised that there were a number of dynamics in the space that were interesting. One was that there really weren't uh, any standardized software packages to address some of the problems that were there. Two was that there was a tremendous amount of money that was flowing into that space to system integrators. And so I figured, okay, let's take those contracts, let's um, right-size them in terms of how you're servicing them, and then let's um, uh, leverage the revenue that is generated by the profit that is thrown off from there to actually build a proper SaaS package. That makes a lot of sense. Let's wrap up here, Tristan, with the famous five. We're out of time. Number one, favorite book? Favorite book on leadership. Um, it's a history book about five different presidents that um, uh, are stuck at a particular moment of crisis and how they went through that particular crisis. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Is there a CEO I'm following or slamming? Satya Nadella is probably one of the most interesting CEOs right now in terms of um, uh, what he's doing with Microsoft and how he's transformed it. No. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Favorite online tool for building a business, HubSpot. I pretty much live and die by the numbers still sitting in there. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Eight. I try to make sure that you know, it's really important to me. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, married, one kid. Um, That's great. And how old are you? Just turned 50 this year. Uh, Happy birthday. And, and, well, not today, but uh, yeah, earlier this year. And uh, so that's why the eight hours of sleep. I mean, great. take 10 years ago and, and it was four. <laughs> yep. And take us home here. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. 
something I wish I knew when I was 20, uh, that uh, you spend too much time in your head, you should really focus on uh, the problems that you've got in front of you and on what you can actually impact. Guys, casebook.net founded two years ago on the back of a big professional services contract. Now they're pure SaaS, 200 customers paying on average $1,000 a month, 2.4 million bucks in terms of run rate, up from just 132,000 bucks in terms of run rate in December of last year. Incredible growth, raising $6 million on a $14 million pre right now. We'll see if Tristan can get it done as he looks to scale with his team of 36 to support these governments and nonprofit organizations. Tristan, thanks for taking us to the top. A pleasure.